Hello, my comfy, cozy, witchy friends, and welcome to episode number 45 of the Comfy Cozy Witch podcast with me, Jenny Blonde, the Comfy Cozy Witch, and I am so excited for you to be with me today. I am thrilled to be bringing you a new episode on a timely topic, which is spring magic, nature, spring magic. We're going to talk about animals of spring and connecting with spring magic and plants that you can use in your witchcraft practice and all sorts of other little tidbits. And I'm really excited because I am embracing the energy of spring. I'm sure many of you are as well. But before we talk about that, I want to tell you what is making me feel comfy, cozy, and witchy. I want to give a shout out to some of my Mugwort level Patreon subscribers. I so appreciate you and all of your support and love for the podcast. So thank you to Mackenzie H, to KMK, or I'm sorry, CMK Kitchen Witch, to Kristen S, to Kim M, and Rebecca D. Thank you so much to Mary W and to Adrian G. Thank you, Agatha, and to Rachel A, Sally A, to Mary Ann, to Ren, and of course, thank you to Nicole R and Chanel. I so appreciate every single one of you, um, and thank you for being here and for your support, and you can always check out my Patreon for more goodies at patreon.com slash comfycozywitch. Thank you, everybody. As usual, it's hard to narrow down everything that is making me feel comfy, cozy, witchy. Um, And there are a few. One that I'm going to talk about is the topic of this entire episode, which is springtime magic. So I'm not going to talk about it in this segment. But right now, I want to tell you how excited I am about my debut children's picture book that is releasing in less than two weeks. It actually comes out on Beltane on May 2nd, and I, I'm just so thrilled with this. So I thought for this Comfy Cozy Witchy segment, I thought I'd chat a little bit about the publishing process when it came to this picture book. Uh, because it was, it's, it was a little bit different than other books that I have published in the past. So oh, I just, I'm just so thrilled with it. The illustrations are so beautiful. I could just talk about the illustrations and the magic of the book for a while, but let's get into the process. So a couple years ago, this would have been two years, two years ago. So 2021, I had this idea for a picture book manuscript. Actually, now that I think about it, it was actually 2020. It was the fall of 2020 when I had this idea. And I knew that I wanted to write a children's picture book and it would be based on the natural world. It would be witchcraft related in nature. And I wanted it just to get into the hands of young young seekers, I guess, and parents who would like to read something like this to their young magician. And so I wrote this manuscript. Actually, I started it when I was on one of my writing retreats. I was inspired by nature being out there in the fall, surrounded by nature in my little cozy cabin in the middle of the woods. And 
I started just writing writing a poem. It just started as a poem and writing about the five elements and the elements correspondences with animals and crystals and tarot cards. And it turned into this really whimsical rhyming piece of verse. And I wasn't sure what to do with it because typically in the picture book world, when you try to sell a picture book or, you know, pitch your book or query editors and agents and so forth, uh, a lot of times they don't like books in verse. They don't like books that rhyme. I have found, I don't know if it's because they're overdone or if they just get a lot of manuscripts that rhyme, but they aren't, I don't, they aren't well done in some way. However, they feel they're not very good. Um, Not a lot of editors and agents like rhyming picture books. Not only that, but I'm I'm just an author. I'm a writer. That is my art. When it comes to drawing or illustrating, I have no, I have very little ability in those areas. I am not an illustrator. I am not an artist by any means in that form of art. Writing Yes, but drawing, illustrating, no. So I had this manuscript and I polished it. I sent it off to some friends of mine who are also authors. They did like a little beta read, um, a read over the poem. They gave me feedback. I edited it. I revised it. Um, I am not, I am not a poet. I have written a lot of poetry. Typically when I write poetry, it's personal in nature. It's in my journals. It's just for me. But I have never boasted being a poet, (laughs) ever, never, ever. Uh, So I had people look over it who were better trained in rhythm, which I found out my editor when I got the book deal did an amazing job with uh, polishing it up. But anyway, so I had this manuscript and I didn't know what to do with it. So I kind of put it on the back burner because at the time I was working on my home and hearth witchcraft book with Wiser. And literally weeks after I finished this manuscript and thought, eh, what do I do with it? I saw that Moondust Press, and they are a children's pagan picture book publisher. They had opened up to submissions for the very first time, because until then, it the the books that were published were just from the publisher. She had published her own works, which were awesome. And I knew that that the books were really well done. The illustrators were fantastic. It they were pagan based, they were witchcraft based. And I had a picture book manuscript that I thought would fit Moondust Press so well. And I had nowhere to put I had nowhere to send it at the time. So as soon as they opened two submissions, I submitted it. I think it was maybe three or four weeks later, uh, the publisher and owner of Moondust Press, Andrea, she reached out to me and offered me a book deal. And of course, you know, you have negotiations with the contract. And then finally, I had my first, very first picture book deal that I was so excited about. And I was really excited that I was able to do this on my own. I have agents who have negotiated other deals for me in the past and who hopefully will be negotiating deals in the future. But this one I did, I did on my own without, without my agent. Um, so 
they accepted the manuscript and right away um they they paired me up with an editor who is is a poet and is really good with verse and really good with cadence and rhythm and so I worked back and forth a little bit with the editor and this was all through email. I had never actually talked to my editor, which is crazy to think, but this is all through email. You hear my dogs barking in the background. Of course, they're saying hello. I think my little dog is hungry. She's always hungry. She wants to eat all the time. But anyway, back to the book. The editor was fantastic, really helped polish the book. Um, my publisher wanted uh, more of an opening stanza, so she really helped me with opening stanza, work on that, and a nice clothing, closing stanza. And then once we felt the book was really polished and in a good place to send to an illustrator, um, the publisher found the perfect illustrator, Sonia is her name, and she she has the most beautiful artwork and you may have seen it because I share it a lot. One second, I need to go feed my dog. I'll be right back. All right, so I was set up with an illustrator and I would get to see some of the illustrations throughout the process and they were simply magical and beautiful and everything that I would envision that I would want this book to look like. Um, and so... After the illustrations were finished, there's there's a lot of things on my publisher's end that that she had to do. Um, she has a printer who is abroad, I believe, and so she works closely with them. I know that there is foiling on my book, which was an extra step. So the cover, the the title, which is Song of the Elements. I don't think I've actually said the title, Song of the Elements by Jenny Blonde. Um, the title shimmers, it's a shimmery green. And the book, as I, I kind of mentioned before, it's about the five elements, air, fire, water, earth, and spirit, and the correspondences of those elements. And the book depicts a, a little girl who's based on me as a child. Um, this little girl is going through almost like the seasons and interacting with bits and pieces of these elements and collecting bits and pieces as she goes along. And then finally she gets to the element of spirit and she has, you know, all of these tools in her little pouch, um, kind of like the magician. <laughs> and it is just so whimsical and so lovely and so magical. And I can't wait for all of you to see it. And that is one of the things that is making me feel comfy, cozy, witchy, because it comes out in, like I said, less than two weeks. So my book is making me feel comfy, cozy, witchy. I know many of you have reached out about last episode, how it inspired you to start a magical journaling practice. And I am so excited that so many of you have done that. And that is also making me feel comfy, cozy, witchy and spring as well. So my book, especially, that comes out very soon is making me feel comfy, cozy, and witchy. So you all know how much I love my magical journaling so much. So I did an entire episode last time on magic journaling. So I am thrilled to announce that 
A sponsor of this episode is Cora Crea Crafts, that's C-O-R-A-C-R-E-A Crafts, and they are a craft supply, journaling supply business with these beautiful items. And right now they have a folklore and witchcraft vintage craft box. And it is filled with all sorts of witchcraft-related journaling goodies. I have the box. I have used everything in it. It's amazing. And I'll even post to my Instagram when I want to share. But they have witchy washi tape and spell bottles, stickers, and all sorts of witchcraft and green-related ephemera. And right now, you can get 15% off your order at Cora Crea Craft. If you use the code Cozy Witch 15, and that's at C O R A C R E A C R A F T S dot com, Cora Crea Crafts, and use Cozy Witch 15 for 15% off your order, you really should check it out. This episode, I wanted to talk about nature magic and the magic of spring. And I really would like to do these seasonally, just one episode a season about the magic of that season. I know I already talked about fall magic. I don't know. I don't think I did winter magic. I skipped that. So I'll get to that next year, next winter. But because we know my winter was a little bit hectic and full of illness, unfortunately. But I want to dig into some spring magic. When I sent out, it wasn't a poll, but a questionnaire on my Instagram, I asked what topics you all would like to see or listen to or hear about, I should say, on my episodes, nature magic came up a lot. So I thought a real, you know, that's a very broad topic and a way that I could break it down would be by the seasons. And so let's talk about spring, because where I live right now, spring is in full bloom. I know where many of you live, the majority of my listeners, it is spring. I know for my listeners in the Southern Hemisphere, it is autumn where you are, and I do have episodes about autumn. So if you want to go back and listen to those, that's great. Or you can listen to spring and maybe have a little sense of spring while you're in your fall or your autumn. So right now, where I live, things are starting to bloom. We are in the full swing of spring right now. The abundance of our winter preparations and our rituals is now starting to become visible all around us. And things and magic, hopefully, that you have sown earlier in the year is starting to bloom. It hasn't come quite to fruition yet, but things are starting to bloom The earth is awakened, it's green, we see the pastels and buds of flowers, and you're hopefully feeling some of the benefits of the increased vitamin D in your system now, getting out there in the sun, now that the sun is returning, yay! And I've really noticed the sun returning, I don't know about you, but I know waking up in the morning to the bright sun and being able to stay out longer in the evening has been really nice. And, you know, living magically is is not as much of a challenge when the world is awash in sunshines and flowers like it can be during the winter. I know sometimes it's hard 
to have motivation to even practice in the winter. And that is a time where a lot of us rest. And we do not necessarily take a break from our magic, but we turn more toward introspection and reflection in our magical practices. But, you know, even though a lot of us might be beginning to practice again as as things bloom and blossom again, we can still add little boosts to our magic by intentionally incorporating energies of this season into our practices. So today I want to talk about different ways that we can do that and different ways we can connect with the energies of spring. So like I said before, I want to talk about connecting with spring magic and that energy. We're going to talk about spring plants and what their meanings and how we can use them in our craft, some animals and and celebrations. So let's get into it. Let's talk about spring magic. So first, and I think many of you know that eventually I was going to bring this up or you knew I was going to bring this up because as we get closer to Beltane and the veil is thinning, you know I'm going to start talking about working with the fae and fairy magic. And whether the existence of actual fair folk is part of your system of belief or, you know, you simply want to incorporate a little delight and whimsy into your magic, you know, spring is the perfect time for us to do that and to invite fairies into our home or garden in a safe way. And I do want to say there were a number of you who want an episode on fairy magic and I did an episode, I don't know, was it two years ago about fairies and and fey magic. And if you go back and listen to that, you'll have much more detail than I can go into in this episode because it's just a small piece of this episode. But there is an episode where the main topic is fairy, fairy magic. So I would say go check that out. But this is a really great time to give offerings to the fey and to connect with the fey because the veil is is thinning at this time. So not only is it a good time to connect with the Fae, but also ancestors, loved ones who have passed on. Many of you in the Southern Hemisphere, it's Samhain. It'll be Samhain soon. And so you too see that veil thinning in, in, a, in a different way. So we have the veil thinning. Fae are making their appearance known. You might see flashes of light out of the corner of your eye. Your keys, shiny objects in your house might start to go missing, perhaps. Maybe you hear some giggling out in your yard. And of course, I'm looking at the the more whimsical, delightful side of the fae. Believe me, not all of the fae are kind. That's just what I'm talking about in this particular episode. And again, visit my other episode. Go to my other episode if you want to hear more about the fae. But you know, some really nice ways to not necessarily work with the Fae, but, you know, just kind of work with that, with that energy and their, their feeling of lightness and freshness is to getting out into nature. Because I personally believe that the Fae folk, they are protectors 
of our lands. And they appreciate it when we are interacting in a positive, safe way with nature and when we are protecting nature and protecting the lands. And when we are offering, you know, tending our gardens and weeding our gardens in a in a nice way, not in a dangerous way, but they really appreciate those things. And setting out some honey or milk or other food items like breads or sweet breads that won't, you know, be harmful to animals. Fairies appreciate this as well. So this is a really good time of year to start connecting to that energy. Um by planting bluebells and planting thyme around your yard and lavender, you know, the fae like all of these. And fairy folklore suggests that the thyme plant not only invites fairies into your garden, but acts as a home for them as well. So some of these plants, you know, you could be inviting them into your yard. And again, go listen to my other episode if you want to hear more about the fae. So other ways to connect with the magic of spring is maybe setting up a daily sun devotion or daily sun ritual where you get outside, you get in the sunshine. It is the season of light and sunshine. The days are starting to get longer and we've missed those warming mood lifting rays for a while. So go outside each day each morning, noon, whenever you want, and just say a quick thank you to the sun because you're grateful for its gift of light and its gift of warmth. And, you know, the simplest version is to utter a daily incantation of gratitude. When you notice the sun blessing you in warmth or blessing your flowers to grow, you could even set up a more intense devotional ritual or practice with the sun um, by beginning the day at sunrise every day doing some sun salutations or some sort of devotional song or blessing to the sun or a gratitude meditation that you go outside, sit in the sun, meditate, which I'm going to talk about in a little bit. But whatever works in your life, you know, to add that boost of sunshine and practice your gratitude for the sun. So I really, I really love that. Something else that we can do is some eco magic. And again, this makes us happy. It's good for our earth. It makes Mother Gaia happy. It makes our land spirits and the Fae happy. But going out into nature and and being kind to nature by offering, you know, herbs that you have, have maybe found in your garden, doing a land blessing by offering herbs or composting your indoor offerings rather than throwing them away, maybe spending some time cultivating pollinator gardens in your community or growing, you know, there are many community gardens. I know where I live, there is a community garden and you can volunteer to work in the garden. Um, I know also around me, I'm near the woods. I'm kind of, I'm in near the mountains, near the Poconos. And there are trails or walks that you can go on to help collect trash and litter from from trails and even just collecting that around your neighborhood. I had mentioned back at Samhain, after we had trick-or-treating the next day, I walked around the neighborhood and I had done a story on this um, on my Instagram. I had walked around the neighborhood and picked up, I'm not kidding, two garbage bags of trash that had been left from trick-or-treating, you know, people throwing their candy wrappers there. I found like three water bottles, but getting outside 
and picking up litter. That is a really great way to honor your land. And I really think that 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 is recognized. That is definitely recognized. So, you know, each of those things can help rewire our brains toward more earth-friendly ways of living. And we are sure to feel the earth giving her energies right back to us whenever we are living that way. And it just makes you feel good. At the end of the day, you did something um, to help out Mother Earth. So practice eco-magic. Um, another great way to connect with spring is just reconnecting with the earth in general. I know many of us were inside a lot during the colder months, and there are still some really chilly days, but it's great to reconnect with the earth and get outside. You know, during winter, our focus was on the hearth. Our bodies become physically disconnected from the earth a lot of the times if we're not getting outside. And I know some of us can also begin to feel like our energies are a bit off balance because we haven't had that connection to the earth that is so important to us and so important to many of our practices. So once it's warm enough where you live or you feel comfortable enough to get outside and take off your socks and shoes, walk barefoot on the natural ground. Go to a local river, rinse your feet or hands in the rivers and creeks. If you're in the city, Try finding a park or areas of grass and just like touch the grass. Go touch, hug some trees, (laughs) high five some leaves as you're walking past. That's what my son, my son actually does that when we hike at the local um, national park. That's what he does. He'll, he'll just brush the trees with his fingers. I have a tree that I straight out hug. I'm a tree hugger with my one, my one special sacred tree. I will hug it. Um, But yeah, high five the leaves as you walk past. As I said before, work in a community garden if possible. You know, these are all great ways that we can reconnect and reacquaint ourselves with the earth. And doing doing that on a daily basis, getting out, taking our shoes off, walking in the ground on on the grass or in the sand on a daily basis, that's a really great way to connect. And with that, you know, connecting to the elements in nature because when we think of the the elements air water fire earth we can connect and draw in the energies of all of those elements while we are out in nature so you know you're connecting with the earth by grounding by touching it just by touching the trees air you know feel that wind on your face feel the breeze on the back of your neck pushing your hair you know, that that's connecting with that air, um, connecting with, what am I saying? Oh, water. I talked about it before. The streams, the creeks, the lakes, connecting with that water or even feeling the your blood, the water flow through you. And then, of course, of course, fire, soaking in that fire energy of the sun. All of those things can be done by being outside in nature and connecting. And there are there are days. I mean, I will tell you yesterday, it was a beautiful day here in Pennsylvania. It was gorgeous. It didn't get too warm. I think the high was maybe 57 degrees where I live, which is a little chilly, but that's fine. But it was a beautiful day. The sun was shining, but I was inside all day long 
because I was working on something with my one agent. We were going back and forth on a proposal. Um, it was nonstop at my computer inside. And then when I would go out back, so I did try to go outside to work, our neighbors behind us are um, re, they're grading their yard and replanting, regrowing grass. And so they had a whole bunch of topsoil delivered and it was being spread, but it was a compost soil, which I, I so appreciate. It was a compost soil, but it smells so it smells so bad, like manure and and old decomposting mushrooms. I mean, it just reeks and it was difficult for me to be outside. Um, so I ended up working a lot inside yesterday and I craved, I just craved nature. I craved being outside. So this morning, even though I know I knew I had work to do, I knew that I had a podcast to record. The first thing I did after a quick, I had a quick doctor's appointment. But after that, the first thing I did was get outside and take the dogs for a walk because I missed that just one day. And it totally changed my my state of mind because I was a little bit anxious about all the things I need to get done today. But just being outside reminded me, it's okay. Take a deep breath, Jenny. Slow down. Nature has you. And now I just feel refreshed to work. Okay. Um, let's see what else. So I talked about a daily sun devotion, the connecting with the elements. I mean, even just holding a stone. I, last week, um, we had, we replaced some of our flower beds, some of our mulch beds with stone. Long story short, our newest puppy, you know, River, our golden retriever, She's a digger and she (laughs) ruined so many of our mulch beds. So the ones that she was fond of, we replaced uh, with stone. And the landscaper that that did this, you know, he has done a lot of the work in our yard. He's awesome. His name is Joe. Joe, he's amazing. And he brought me two boulders because I said, I want two stones in this particular area. So... The bed now is no longer mulch. It's a stone bed with two stones. And then he added three trees. It's almost like a little grove because I wanted a grove area. You know, I have my outdoor sacred space I've talked about before, but I wanted like a separate grove area with trees and rocks. And he t- he took my vision and we worked together and it it turned out amazing. And the two stones that he brought me, one, they're massive. And two, the one is super flat. So it's my new meditation stone. I can fit on it with River and Reese. River's almost 70 pounds at this point. You know, Reese is like 25 pounds and then me. So you have a big dog, a medium dog and me can all fit on this stone. So excuse me, it's my new meditation stone and it's wonderful. And I just go out there and touch it and I feel so connected because it was actually dug up from our local lands and it's just, it's amazing. So I just had to share that with you all. And some of you may have seen that. You may have seen that because I posted about it many times, many, many times last week. Okay. So we talked about picking up trash and litter, eco magic. Um, Let's talk a little bit about animal magic and some of the magical energies of animals that we are seeing more now that it is springtime and how and how we can work with those energies. You know, anytime 
that we want to tap into an energy of maybe perseverance or hard work. It doesn't always have to be reaching for, you know, kitchen magic or herbs that have those particular correspondences. We can think about animals as well or whatever whatever pops into your head because I, I don't want to say that the correspondences I talk about are the correspondences that you're going, that you might use. These are just the common correspondences and common magical energies of, of things that I'm talking about. So let's talk about animals first. So when it comes to spring, we hear a lot about the hare, the rabbit, um, especially as we are in and coming to the end of Ostara season. So of course, rabbits, they are associated with fertility, with growth, with beginnings. And a lot of these animals are going to be associated with those things because they are spring animals. Um, But let's talk about my favorite, and you know what I'm going to say, the fox. I have not seen my foxy friend, but I thank all of you who continue to send me videos and pictures of foxes that you see around your area and your locale. It just makes me so happy every time you send them. Um, But foxes, of course, the energies associated with them are cleverness, sometimes trickery, but more in a cunning way um, and luck. You know, I love my foxes. I also personally, I associate them with protection just from some things that have happened in the past. So for me, the fox also represents protection. It may not mean that to everybody, or it might not be a common correspondence that you see when you think of a fox, but for me, protection. So cleverness, trickery, cunning, luck, protection. Um, Another animal that we see more of in general are birds, but I want to be specific to blue jays and bluebirds right now because I have been seeing a lot of bluebirds around around town, around the parks, even in our backyard. And their their magical energies are hope and joy. I when I see them, I associate it with loved ones and ancestors as well because my when when there is a message from my Grammy, a lot of times I will see a bluebird or a blue jay, and I know that my Grammy is coming across in that. I know a lot of people also associate bluebirds and even cardinals with ancestors and past loved ones. And these are all birds that we're seeing around right now, too. Um, and it just reminds us of family. So next up is the bee. They're known for dedication, of course, the energy of hard work, prosperity. Many of you messaged me that recently you're seeing, well, first you're seeing a lot of bees, but that energy is really coming across for you. Of course, the chick, hope, new life, family, um, and then the squirrel because we see squirrels everywhere, balance, positivity, and hard work. Let's talk a little bit about some spring plants and their magic. I am once again excited to be partnering with Blessed Bee Magic, and they are a witchy jewelry shop that you know I have talked about on almost a dozen podcasts at this point, but I absolutely love their jewelry. I have so many pieces, and right now I just want to share with you a new ring that they have It is their pentacle gemstone ring, 
And, you know, the pentacle, of course, is a talisman of protection. Each point uh, symbolizes the five elements of earth, air, fire, water, and spirit. And this ring is the perfect balance of glam, but really subtle. It's an elegant ring that I just love. And you have your crystal white stone in the middle and black stones around the side. And right now you can get 15% off your entire order at blessedbemagic, magicwithak.com if you use the code COZY, which 15. So head on over to blessedbemagicwithak.com. Use code COZY, which 15 for 15% off your order. And I love this ring so much. All right, and let's talk about some spring plants. Um, these are all things that I either grow in my yard <laughs> or I see around me, and that's why I chose these particular ones. And for some of you who, if you are a subscriber to my Patreon, you received four of these plants. Um, you received grimoire pages for them. So you have their, their names, scientific names, their magical meaning, their physical meanings and uses, and then a picture, you know, for your grimoire. But Let's talk about some spring plants. So first is rosemary. And, you know, a lot of witches will use rosemary as that that filler herb. If, if, if you have a recipe or a spell that calls for a particular intention or a particular herb, but you don't have that present, a lot of people will swap it out with rosemary. It's kind of like the white candle of plants. Um... Not everybody sees it that way, but I see rosemary having a lot of magical properties and it's connected to many different energies. The ones that I use it for most are for protection, for remembrance or memory. So if I'm doing any ancestor work or any work to honor past loved ones, then I'll reach for rosemary also, I use it for anything with with luck or prosperity. So rosemary is something that we're beginning to see grow. My rosemary from last year, one of my rosemary plants did not make it through the winter. And I was really sad because it's made it every other year, um, but it did not make it. I don't know if I just didn't cover it well enough. I'm not sure. It just didn't do very well. Next up is dandelion, and we see these springing up everywhere, and so many people kill their dandelions because they see them as weeds, um, but they have so many magical and even medicinal properties and uses. Um, in magical workings, they're great for abundance because they're I mean, they just, there's just so many. And you think of abundance, you think of manifesting or intention setting work, happiness, I, even the color yellow, you know, you see them, they just make me smile. Some people, they don't make them smile because they see them as weeds, but I don't. Um, and then balance as well. So that's how I like to see and use dandelions. And I'm looking out the window right now, I'm looking out I can see directly across the street and I could probably count 500 dandelions in the yard across the street. And I'm so glad that they don't treat their yard um, 
because they're just, they're beautiful out there. And I'm going to make again this year, I think I'm going to make a dandelion salve, which is really good for like bug bites and scrapes that you might get in scratches, you know, doing yard work. Last year I did, I made a dandelion oil and then did um, a dandelion salve with wax and it really worked well. I really liked that. I think this year I'm going to add some lavender as well. But that's a little side, a side, a side project. Um, next up, the tulip. We're seeing a lot of these right now. I don't know if you are where you live, but we've been seeing a lot of tulips. And as we went through Ostara, and of course last weekend, um, some people celebrated Easter. You see a lot of those tulips coming uh, with those holidays and with those celebrations. So tulips are really great for love, for prosperity, even some divination. I also associate tulips with ancestors, but that that's just me. Next up is wild garlic, which I love because you can use it for all of your protection, banishment, prevention of gossip. You know, you need some oomph and you need some strength. You can always count on wild garlic, even for healing, wild garlic um, being used in your spell work, your rituals is a good option, especially for that protection, protection, banishment, preventing nasty things from being, you know, spoken about you. I really like wild garlic for those things. Um, next is hyacinth. I love hyacinths. I love the smell of them. I love the way that they look. I know when I'm near them, they, I feel they have such a great energy, um, I love them so much, so much that I'm allergic to them, <laughs> which I just don't understand why I can't have them in my house. I mean, I bring in hyacinths and my eyes are itchy and I'm sneezing nonstop, but I still love them. And the magical workings, you know, that, that you can use hyacinths for are peace of mind, just ease. I see hyacinths very much like lavender um, for restful sleep, except unlike lavender, I can't put hyacinths under my pillow because I'm allergic. Uh, playfulness, hyacinths are also great for playfulness. I It's a, a favorite flower of the fey folk and fairies and their playfulness. And then finally, we'll talk about the rose quickly. We know rose is associated most closely with love, but also friendship with repairing relationships, um, helping with anxiety. But did you know that roses, I was researching and reading more about roses, they have um, a fairly high vibration and so, you know, they say, stop and smell the roses, but you are raising your energy and raising the vibration of your energy when you are stopping and smelling the roses and just being around roses. So those are great, you know, plants that you connect to. And I really love the idea for spring magic too and nature magic because Earth Day is only two days away. So this Saturday, April 22nd, is Earth Day. And I would love to hear how you're celebrating. Um, I plan on going to one of my favorite sacred parks. I want to go for a walk. I'm not sure yet if I'm going to invite my family. I know that sounds terrible. But you know, sometimes you just need you time, just you in nature. So I want to go to my local park, maybe my favorite sacred park, 
do a hike. I like last year, um, I'm going to make a land offering from different herbs and I want to spread that as I walk. Uh, I'm going to celebrate Beltane. I'll probably go to the May Day Festival nearby to celebrate Bielcina and I can't wait to do that. But what are you doing? What are you doing to honor nature? What are you doing to tap into spring's magical energy this year? I'd love to hear. Email me. Let me know what what's going on. Before I end this segment, I do want to end with a poem um, by Mary Oliver. And if you don't know who Mary Oliver is, she she is this wonderful nature poet. She died, I think, I want to say like two or three years ago. Um, but she she won, I believe, a Pulitzer Prize. And her writing is just so beautiful, and most of it is about nature. And so I want to read you a poem. This is one of my very favorite Mary Oliver poems, and some of you may have heard it, but if not, you'll hear it for the first time, and you should look it up. And it's a great poem to have to put in your magical journal, if you have a nature journal, to put it there as well. And it's called When I Am Among the Trees by Mary Oliver. When I am among the trees, especially the willows and the honey locust, equally the beech, the oaks and the pines, they give off such hints of gladness. I would almost say that they save me and daily. I am so distant from the hope of myself in which I have goodness and discernment and never hurry through the world, but walk slowly and bow often. Around me, the trees stir in their leaves and call out, stay a while. The light flows from their branches and they call again. It's simple, they say, and you too have come into the world to do this, to go easy, to be filled with light and to shine. I just love that. I just love that poem. Um, I hope you enjoyed it too. And I hope you enjoyed this little segment on spring magic. Now let's go into our card pool. All right, so let's get into our card pool of this episode. And today I am going with Karen Kay's Oracle of the Fairies. And Reese just jumped up here. It's like, you know, we're going to pull the card. Do you want to pull the card, Reese? She's such a sweet girl. Um, Oracle of the Fairies. I actually haven't pulled from this deck in, oh, it's been over a year. So let me just clear a little bit of energy. I have a little, I have a pink candle going. Reese is pawing at my shoulder. She's sniffing at the cards. Okay, we're going there. We're going there. All right, so let's shuffle these up really good. And let's see what message they have for us. Oracle of the Fairies. Okay, here we go. All right. Go outside. (laughs) Are we surprised? No. I just want to look through. Okay, wait. Abundance, precious time, protection, moon energy, hope, magical blessing. All of these different cards. Solitude. Oh, I like that's a pretty card. Shine from within. But the one we pulled today is go outside. And just the card depicts this beautiful 
fairy. She's outside. There is a grove of trees behind her. She has this real ethereal glow and sparkling about her. And she says, go outside. It's time to go outside. Tune into the powerful piece of nature wherever you are and feel at one with your habitat. If that isn't the perfect message for this episode, I don't know what is. So let's Let's just go into the book and see what Karen has to say. Okay, go outside. Bear with me. Okay. Ah, page 46 and 47. My favorite number. All right, go outside. When the fairy queen of the forest graces your card, that would be she on this card, it's time to get out and get close to nature. The magic of your local forest or woodland is calling to you right now. Often the message is simply to get outside so you can recharge your batteries. We can forget to do this when we get wrapped up in our work, particularly if we're sitting in front of screens and computers. Oh, is this a timely message for me as yesterday I sat in front of my computer all day. So if you can spend some quiet, contemplative time in this environment outside, find a place that calls to you, sit there and just B, have no expectations, just experience your surroundings and be receptive to any signs. I love that. Go find a place in nature, wherever you are, just find a place outside to sit for a couple of minutes and just be, even bring one of your journals and write down any sensations that you get while you're there. Let's continue. The fairy queen of the forest urges you to feel the powerful peace of nature and to be open to any signs such as the appearance of certain animals or their actions that may appear during your mini retreat. And you can always hearken back to this episode and think about some of those spring animals. You might only need five minutes, but you can be assured that this gift to yourself of being in nature will give you much more energy to get on with your working life in a more productive way. That is so true. It would be wise to follow this advice from the fairy queen of the forest when she appears because she knows only too well how precious the gifts of the forest are. If you are not physically able to get outside, then look at an image of woodland in a book or magazine or as a last resort on a screen. You can also use creative visual visualization to imagine you're outside enjoying nature. And as a side note, for those of you who aren't great at visualizing, you can always narrate aloud um, a, a natural space. Oh, I love this card and it is so beautiful. I think this also is a sign that I need to keep this deck out and maybe work with it for a little bit because this was my go-to deck and this is the deck that I always had sitting on my fairy altar and I don't know what made me put it back but for some reason I did I put it away maybe because I have other fairy decks um, but I think I'll have to get this one out again I think it's a sign to do just that so everyone thank you so much for being here with me for this episode I appreciate every single one of you. I hope that you got something out of this episode. And I do want to do a shout out to a couple of people who reviewed the podcast. And I can only get through a couple because for some reason my app won't let me see more. But I know there were a couple dozen of you who left messages recently. 
So first off to brand new witch, you said, wow, there couldn't have been a better time to stumble across this podcast. And I'm so glad that you stumbled upon it just when you need it. So thank you so much. L-N or I-N-A Monsta. Um, You were so excited to find the podcast. You grew up in a witchy family but hadn't practiced and this really helped you reconnect. I am so happy to hear that. I'm so happy that this has brought you back and you're able to reconnect. Vinny the Mace Man, you love the podcast. You're a beginner witch and still in the broom closet, but this has made you feel more like yourself than ever. And you bought my book. Thank you. Thank you so much. That truly, that warms my heart. I am so glad that you are feeling like yourself and finding yourself and that this has helped you do that. That's what I want people to get out of this. So thank you. Do little, little head. Jenny is seriously so sweet and so so funny. Thank you. Um, You like the genuine content, think it's thoughtful and you learn something new. Thank you for your kind words. I appreciate it. And I love that your subject line is yes, with three exclamation points. Um, Mayor Molly, this is your new favorite podcast to listen to at work. Oh, I'm so glad you've been binge listening and the information has been resonating and you're just loving it. So thank you so much, Molly. I appreciate that. GQ Witch, you were drawn to this just by the title and you've become an avid listener and I've helped you reconnect with your magic. Well, again, that's what I'm hoping you get out of this and I'm so glad you shared that with me. So thank you. And Neurogenesis 89, just as the title says, we all need some coziness. You love the positivity and playfulness. I appreciate that. I try to be positive. I know we can't always be. That's just human nature. But I do appreciate your words so much. And CARE 091689, um, you're thankful for the podcast. It has helped you regain confidence in yourself and has taught you many things. And that just is wonderful. Um, thank you for sharing your words with me. The CLDRN, the cauldron maybe, the podcast has helped you connect to your inner witch, uh, inner witch during the seasons of your life. And you're thankful to the OG comfy cozy witch. Well, thank you for saying that. Um, I'm so glad that it helps you stay connected and feel connected. And then this is the last one I can read for some reason. So I'm sorry if I can't get to everybody who has commented since last episode. Um, But this is Closet Witch 21. Every episode is amazing and you find it relatable and friendly and fun and calming. And I'm so glad that you do and you find it very comforting. So thank you for those kind words. And everybody, you know, thank you. It is wonderful of you to rate, to review, to follow the podcast, because if you do that, then that means others can find it easier. And I know that it's helped so many people out there. So please rate, review, follow. If you want to connect with me further, you can find me on Instagram at Comfy Cozy Witch. And also, I'm trying to think what else. Ah. Find me there. If you have any questions or, or comments or you want to share something with me, then email me at comfycozywitch at gmail.com. So thank you for being here. And until next time, everyone, stay comfy, cozy, and witchy.